Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today our guest is the superintendent of schools for Brainerd Schools District 181, Lane Larson, joining us this morning. Lane, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I guess our first question is... How's it going? Yeah, how's the school year going so far? You know, actually it's going, you know, as good as it possibly can be going. Um, I think the most wonderful part about it is that because we started with the hybrid model uh, from K through grade 12, our kids have been able to connect with their teachers and be in person with their teachers. And um, having that available to families and to students has really, uh, we've taken a lot of positive response from that. And yet those that are uncomfortable sending their kids to school, they've had that distance learning option as well. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, it's going extremely well. Um, It's not that there aren't challenges logistically, but it really is wonderful to have our students and staff back in the building. Yeah, and that's a key point. We uh, we should, uh, you know, for our listeners that hadn't heard, uh, of course, you did have to go to complete distance learning for a while, but now you have students back at the, what is that? Uh, fifth, fifth. Is it fifth through twelfth? Yeah, we, <clears throat> we did. Our ninth through twelfth grade went into um, a two-week reboot or restart because we had a cluster of cases at the high school level. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we have uh, really taken a lot of positive response from MDE, from the Minnesota Department of Health, from Marconi Public Health, and Region 5 because, because of the fact that we took that two-week restart, we were able to stay in a hybrid learning model this week because the numbers went down. We used multiple data points to determine uh, where we were going to be because we knew our our county level per 10,000 10, people was going to be over 32 this week. Uh-huh. But because of that two-week restart, our quarantine levels had gone down. Our cases went down. We had no additional students with COVID at the high school since October 2nd. Um, we were able to increase our staff availability again. And um, it all happened because we collaborated with our regional and state experts. And um, um, they have commended us many times on, a, on really making the right decision to do that. So Good. by going into distance learning for two weeks, we've been able to stay into hybrid uh, further into the fall uh, semester. Yeah. And, Lane, you made a good point because you said that there are data points that are used. And without going into all the minutiae of that, uh, this points out that it's not, for instance, you and the school board exclusively making any decisions here, is it? Correct. Yep, we're using multiple data points, as I said a little bit ago. And one of them is what is that county number. Mm-hmm. And um, many people have said, well, you know, Lane, we're over 30. Why aren't you going into distance learning? And it's because of that restart All those other pieces have gone down. Our quarantine levels, our case availability is up. The cases in our high school are way down. Um, And because we used all those data points, um, we had the approval of MDE, MDH, our region, um, and our county, along, along with the school board and recommendation from me that it was okay to stay in hybrid model at this time. That makes sense. 
And you mentioned uh, that some students have opted from the very beginning to do distance learning. Uh, that option remains open for students at any time, doesn't it? Yes, it does. They, they can go into distance learning at any time. At, at this point, we have approximately 1,200 students that are, have selected to distance learn throughout the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we, I was just in a meeting this morning that we're working on, and that is that um, we've told families if they want to come back on site that we'll do it at like trimester breaks, uh, semester breaks, and so on. And so we're working on what does that look like and how do we get that communication out to families on how if they're opting out of distance learning and having their kids come back on site, um, how do we do that? And we're going to make that just as easy for our families as we can. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, the numbers that you talk about are, uh, in part, driven by the community at large, aren't they? Correct. Yeah. You know, I know I've sent out many different pieces of information to the local newspapers, radio, just letters that I've sent to families just saying, you know, this truly is a community partnership, and we need to kind of all be to all be in at making good decisions if we want to keep our schools open. And, in fact, a group of about 18 of us superintendents from the region have sent that letter as well, that if we want to keep schools open, we need to all be part of this solution. Mm-hmm. Wearing face coverings when we're in public, social distancing six feet or more apart when we're visiting with people, avoiding large group gatherings, um, that's a big one outside of school. Yeah. Uh, practicing uh, hand hygiene, staying home when we're sick. And all of the cases that we've had thus far, um, we've been able to trace that they came from outside of the school. Hmm. And so the safety and health practices that we're doing in the school uh, seem to be uh, doing, doing very well. But uh, when we go to like a party or something outside of the school, uh, that's how it comes in. And so if we can just remember those five things and if, if, you know, if we can just get through this period soon, we'll be on the other side of this mm-hmm. pandemic and um, looking back on it and moving forward again um, in the great way that we've been able to do in the past. Right. And it's not that you guys don't understand how difficult that is and how it's so frustrating, especially because we've been in it so long, but we just need to keep it up so we can keep our schools open and our kids learning. You are absolutely right. That's how we'll keep our schools open. It takes a village, people. Here it is. Yeah. Mm. Um, Lane, uh, I know you, you just mentioned now that you have lots of safety protocols in school. And how are the supplies holding up? Well, actually, we've been rather fortunate. Um, there were some additional uh, CARES dollars that came to us at the state level mm-hmm. and also at the federal level that have helped us with uh, getting our supplies. Um, our team of people, Reed TC, Marcy Lord, They've been right on the ball as far as ordering the supplies quickly. So to date, we're doing we're doing okay with them, but um, it's something that we watch very carefully. But um, I'm just so proud of our building and ground staff, our teachers, and everyone on our teams because everybody is taking on the safety of our buildings as part of their job description. And uh, people are running around here with Clorox wipes <laughs> all the time, just cleaning off um chairs and things that people have sat in, cleaning off doorknobs, um, just to ensure the safety and the health of our students, our staff, 
in any community that come into our building. It's almost like they're little soldiers in a war. We kind of are. And when you talk about your staff, though, now I understand that there are some needs when it comes to staffing on a couple of different levels. Yeah, there really are. We, um, we really could use the community's help. Um, we are short. We are down 6.5 routes. We are short 11 bus drivers. Um, if anyone's interested in driving bus, please call Riker Bus Service because we are significantly down on bus drivers. We're also down um, significantly on paraprof- on substitutes for our paraprofessionals and our teachers. If anyone is interested and has the ability to sub in one of those programs, uh, please go to isd181.org and um, apply. Um, one of the, one of my major concerns, and we've talked a lot about it at the board level, is to make sure that we keep um, our staff well, so that we can keep um, our classes staffed the way need, they need to and the way we legally need to. Because that also could be a driver in something that might that might put us into a distance learning model. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, I, I think most of us know that uh, bus drivers and a lot of substitute teachers are uh, folks from the retired uh, community, community yeah. if you will, and, and they are most vulnerable. And I would imagine many of them have decided to not do that this year, and that therein lies part of the problem, right? Yeah, and also as people are getting sick or have uh, been identified as a close contact and are out for 14 days, um, our substitute list is really being stretched thin right now. Mm-hmm. I was in a building this morning, and um, all of the administration, everybody was uh, had been moved to different classrooms to make sure that we were covering the classrooms. And um, for a short period of time, um, I just took over some of those roles this morning. And I know that all of our staff are picking up the pieces to to meet the needs that we need to in order to keep our buildings in the hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and Lane, I don't know if you're face-to-face with a lot of the students, but how do you think the students are handling this? You know, I think most of the students um, are just really happy to be back on mm-hmm. site or have the ability to be on site. I think the fact that we were able to uh, go back and have athletics for the fall seasons has really been something that's been good for some of our high school kids. Lifting morale, probably. Lifting morale um, and all of our activities as well, you know, the music programs, the arts programs, all of those. Um, I think anytime they can have those connections with staff, um, it's really helpful. But Mm -hmm. like anything, and I know we've shared it a lot, we we worry about mental health support. Yes, for our students, for staff, for our entire community. And um, that is certainly something that we try to address on a daily basis. And I think there's going to be more need as, as time goes on. And so mm-hmm. hopefully we can get through this rather quickly. Yeah, yeah. we need to look out for each other too. So we really if, do. If um, you know someone that's struggling, you should probably talk to them or talk to someone. Yeah, just touch base with them somehow, give them a call or mm-hmm. drop them a note or, or do something to identify and yeah. to sh- tell them that you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lane, uh, by the time we uh, talk to you again, uh, the election will have taken place. And locally, yeah. of course, uh, we have a school board election that's taking place. And 
Uh, it was nice to see many people step up to put their name in the hat, but also we should salute those that are stepping down. Yeah, um, and I know Reed Campbell has decided not to run again, and Reed has given us well over 20 years of dedicated service to the school district. And yeah. I just can't imagine uh, going to a board meeting and not having him sit next to me. He's just been such a pillar of of strength for our district and great decision-making and really putting the needs of our children and our staff at the forefront of all of his decisions. And um, he has just been an incredible leader, and we are going to miss him greatly. Um, as you said, though, um, also we have two other candidates, uh, incumbents, that are up for re-election, Bob Nystrom and Sue Kern. And we are uh, just thrilled at the candidate pool of people that were, are interested in uh, running for the school board. And we've done some kind of neat things this year uh, with the candidates. I had a chance just to have coffee with them. Um, each of them came to the school board one night and uh, gave a just like a three to five minute synopsis of why they're interested in running for the board. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who's interested in hearing that, we've got... Um, their uh, pieces that they taped on the district website. So oh, please nice. go there. They're wonderful to listen to. And then, of course, the debate um, with all of the candidates. And so we really feel that the candidates um, are really high quality, that um, everybody that's running really has the best interests of our students and our educational system and our staff at the forefront of their decision making. And so uh, we encourage people to to vote. It'll be it'll be fun to see. Mm -hmm. But again, we're just going to miss Reed greatly, and um, uh, it'll be fun to see who takes his place. Yeah, right. Keep moving forward. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Very good, uh, Lane. Anything else we should know about what's going on at uh, School District One Eighty One at this point? Yeah, there's a, just a few things. One is it's kind of interesting because we aren't talking a lot about the buildings right now, but. Um, I do want you to know that this fall we um, we were able to open the brand new Baxter Elementary School, Harrison and Nisswa uh, Elementaries, and they are absolutely beautiful. And we look forward to the day when we can have large groups in again, so we can do the grand opening of those facilities and let everybody come and take tours. Uh, we also did quite a lot of work this summer at Garfield, Lowell, and Riverside, along with the high school and. Uh, the uh, Regional Performing Arts Center. The Performing Arts Center will be opening this spring and we'll have a grand opening uh, with that facility. The other ones that I just mentioned will be having the grand openings next fall at the start of the school year. Wow. We're also working on South Campus right now where we've got the design development approved and now we're going to be going out for construction documents for the uh, new uh, Lincoln Education Center, the STARS program, and Transitions Plus. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be working on the Brainerd Learning Center and the Washington Educational Services Building. And then we will address have addressed every single building in this district. Wow. Um, right now, all of those projects are on time. Um, everything right now is at or under budget. And uh, we're really excited about the building projects and sharing them with our community. Exciting. Yeah. Also, I do want one thing I um, would like to add is we just found out last week that 
Um, there will be free meals for our students for the rest of the school year. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that was going to be ending here shortly, and so we're really thrilled that our legislature has agreed to fund the healthy and nutritious meals for our children for the remainder of the school year. Oh, wow. And also, um, there's been a lot of talk about when can we safely open our facilities for public use again. And that um, information just came out from um, the Minnesota Department of Education last Thursday, whoops, a week ago last Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so we are having everything ready to go so that on Monday, November 2nd, um, we're going to feel that we have all the protocols in place to uh, slowly opening up the buildings that, that are available uh, for rent and for use and uh, to ensure the safety protocols. And so uh, we're really working on that as well. A lot, uh, and a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and yeah. I would think uh, that still depends on numbers overall. So Correct, it does. Yeah. So yeah. again, let's just do what we need to do <laughs> yeah. to keep our schools open. And this is taking a community. It's, it's everybody. That's right. Thank you so much because it really is a community partnership focused on education. And I say that a lot, but, you know, education really is about everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an important piece to the success of our educational systems and what we provide um, our students and our future. So thank you. Lane, thank you for being with us today to take time out to talk about these issues. And uh, we wish you the best and uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Lane. Thank Stay you, Lane. well, everyone. You too. you too, Lane. Bye. Lane Larson is the superintendent of schools for District 181 Brainerd Schools. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. Or you can also listen through our free downloadable app. That is powered by the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.